are back. So are the Flyers. And you're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me once again, Kevin Darsow. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Oh, you're doing well. <laughs> I'm doing well. The Flyers are doing well. It is good times on Broad Street. The dad's trip. The vibes were high. The Flyers <laughs> won two out of three this week, getting points in all three. Five out of a maximum six. Kevin. Kevin, I asked you something on last week's show, and, and I'm I'm going to do a version of it again. Are the Flyers for real? Like, it's, it's another week. It's three more solid performances. Okay, we're diving right into it. Before we do that, follow us on social media at YWT Podcast. Subscribe okay. to the YouTube channel. Okay, diving right in. Kevin's at Kevin underscore Durso. Okay, go. <laughs> so, I'm going to follow the same or try to follow the same thing that I kind of went off of last week to an extent. Um, but I'm going to, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to pull up, if I can find it anyway, um, I'm struggling for a minute to find it on social because social is being wonderful this morning. Um, but I'll, then I'll paraphrase it. Cause I remember seeing it at least. So I'll go off of this. Kevin Kurz, who covers the flyers for the athletic tweeted something out after the game that was along the lines of, that's now that this is 30 games in, it goes from being, oh, that's a surprisingly good start to they're just good. This is just who they are. Right. And the win that they just had on Saturday night teeters toward the ladder. Like you go from, hey, this is a surprisingly good team to start the year or whatever. Like they're trying to surprise people. And then eventually they're just it's just what it is. Right. Right. And we said that last week, too. Right. Like. As you start to count the games, as it gets closer to halfway, now we're last week. And remember what last week started as when we were talking about this, it started as you got six games until Christmas, right? So if you've got six games, two weeks, let's check back in, right? Yeah. Let's check back in when this happens. We're, we're halfway through that. And they've, like I said, they've gotten five out of six points. Not oh, only by, are we, oh, by the way, with the backup goalie. Yeah, we'll get well, we'll get to him. Well, yeah, and Sam Erson will have his minute in this show. Don't oh, you worry. I think he gets more than a minute Absolutely. at this point. Absolutely. Um the the interesting part about the and I don't want to jump too far ahead and go right to next week already, but they play three teams over the course of the next week that they've already seen literally on the points streak. Right. Not even like, hey, we've seen them this year within the last three within weeks. the last recent string of success. Right, three weeks since they started yeah. on this point streak. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging. I look at those three games and I go, and this, the same thing still applies as last week, because this is exactly what everybody, everybody that I know that's been around, the, like that's around the team is saying also, because this is the way that the standings look. You go on a three game losing streak. It changes everything dramatically. Potentially. Kevin, Kevin I have some breaking news here. What's going uh, on? The the NHL app pushed an update this morning, and calendar view is back. Interesting. I have not updated yet. So I I'll pulled up. I pulled up the schedule, expecting to have to scroll through December because it's stupid. Well, the calendar app is back. Well, that's great. Um, Sorry. Anyway, no, but well, that's, <laughs> no, that's great. Now, yeah. now, if it, now, and this is the truth because I've because I, obviously, like, I have two different methods for kind of in game keeping track of things. There's the media site that right. does a great that is all that is top notch. No problem. And there's the app. And when you when you're sitting in the press box where I am 
and you're not really able to dual screen it too much because you're trying to look at a couple different things. I mean, let's put it this way. If I was even just splitting two tabs on my on my monitor, you know, right. just on my laptop, it's probably what I'm writing and social, not, hey, I want a stat sheet up at all times. If I'm going to do that, I've got a phone for that. I even I even bring along a stand that I sit my phone on to have it like as an ex, like an extra view. Yeah, absolutely. The app does not update fast. No, no, it does not. And often updates incorrectly and out of right. order. Like and when I, the when the Leafs scored five goals the other night to come back against who was that Columbus? Right. Yes, it was completely out of order. The five four goal was listed before the five three goal. It, well, and it, or it'll show the score update and not tell you who scored for another five minutes. It's pretty ridiculous. And and this is like what I'm saying is I'll level with them, like with the Flyers game on Saturday. It starts and it's Sean Couturier who scored the first goal because everybody in the building thought that at first. And then the replay showed it was not it was, you know, it was, it was Cam York's York yeah. goal and it hit JT comp for stick. And that's why. So it takes a second for that to update. But I get that. That happens sure. sometimes. A deflection. But you're not sure who it got 10 it. 10 minutes to get on the app in the first place is pretty frustrating. Right. I just wish it would update faster. So maybe if that's part of the update or a future update as well, in addition to the calendar view, that would be lovely. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I would I would appreciate that greatly. Yeah. You know, I may actually have to uh, literally live in in show update that now. You just told me that because I did. Obviously, I haven't. It's enormous. That it's it's huge because I can look back and see this week. And well, I, I'm well, not let... gonna up. I'm not gonna update the the multiple other things that no. could be updated on here. I literally just updated that just to do it. But yeah, let's let's talk about that Tuesday game, right? I'm looking at the schedule and I see the Tuesday game in Nashville. It's the end of the dad's trip. Um, it's the end of that little mini, you know, central slash west type of type of vibe. You played Arizona, you played Colorado, you played right. Nashville. You get a point out of Nashville. Um, so there's two different things to look at in this game. Yeah. Because number one is go look at the shot total and it's realize crazy. how much and realize how much the Flyers outplayed this team. Absolutely. The Flyers like, absolutely won should have won that game, right? Like they deserve to win a meter. Sure. Exactly. Based on that. Right. Now I do want to give Nashville credit because since then they've gone on to win two more since they beat, you know, they beat Washington. They beat, I'm trying to remember who else they beat during the week. I'm not going insane with this. Cause I like we're here for the flyers. Right. Uh, they won another game this week too. Um, Carolina and they rallied. I forgot. I forgot all about that one. That was a game. that was like five, two at one point and they came back and won the game in overtime. Yeah. Same same guy, by the way, Philip Forsberg. It turns out he's good at scoring goals, man. Sure. Well, they he got hurt during. I I still remember it too. He got badly hurt in Philly. It yeah. happened right in front of me, pretty much. And I knew the second that it happened, it was going to be something that could, you know, I I don't want to say take care of the rest of his season, but I'm like, it's going to be a while. Whatever it is, it's going to be a while. And it ended up being like the rest of the season, I think. It was a long time, yeah. you know, um, but they trail like they trailed Carolina two to one, four to two, five to three, managed to get the game tied, won it in overtime, six, five final wild, right? Just wild kind of game. And then they go out the next night and they beat Washington three to one. And oh, by the way, they like they had won before Philly too. they beat Montreal, too. So they're on a four game winning streak, yeah. five of uh, yeah, five of six. Um. It's not point. Okay, so it's not points in seven straight, but out of like going back that far, or eight games or whatever it is, they got points in seven of their last eight or something like that. Like yeah, that, and and they're, they're climbing. 
And they're currently sitting in the first wild card spot in the West. Like Nashville's a decent team. Well, I, they're sitting in the first wild card spot in the West, and they were essentially non-existent in the playoff picture two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, was, and- it was bad. They 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 were one of those teams that I wouldn't have had the same. Remember last week when we were getting into the week ahead from you know for, yeah. which was the games this week, and it was like I I had kind of talked about after this little run, which is going to be beyond. Christmas at this point like they're going to play the three games that they have coming up which are all going to be challenges and then I think they come back with Van with Vancouver okay and it's like okay so include Vancouver in it because Vancouver's top five yeah and then and then you get this list of teams that's like Seattle Calgary Ed, now Edmonton's on the rise so I don't want to make it seem like Edmonton's the team that they right, they're saw at the beginning of the year but they get they also get like after after the new year they also get Columbus early in the year they get Calgary again. They get, um, they get Minnesota at one point in time in there. You know, right. like they get. I think they play Pittsburgh again, right. pretty early on. Pittsburgh's still below twentieth. Like, you're gonna get this list of teams that you play that are twentieth or lower. By the way, just because we're a we're a Flyers podcast here, so we wouldn't be a Flyers fan podcast if we didn't mention the Penguins getting absolutely pumped by the Leafs on Saturday night seven I I was gonna say I saw something because it was in Toronto right yeah so I saw something about how do you think Dubas and Spezza feel watching this oh oh and um the the at one point the Toronto crowd was giving him the Dubas they got they've got issues that team's got massive issues you know what they sure do. And the Flyers are, as as I mentioned to you before the show here, the Flyers are currently sitting 11th in the league. Uh, I can't 30, even go. I can't even go off of that at this point. Like, I don't even pay 30, attention with 37 points. And there's right. a glut, glut of teams sitting above them at 38. Right. Flyers, I don't even. The Flyers don't are even, legitimately two points away from being a top five team in the league. Ex- well, exactly. I just and I just go off of, you know what? Another week. Another week has come and gone, and this is still true. What I just yep. put up on the screen. Flyers, Flyers are in still in second place. place. Yep. You know, and for and don't get me wrong, they lost in overtime and it flipped. Sure. Right away. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, and things things are still close enough. Like the metro is super duper tight. And it, if you have a bad week, you're still in trouble, right? Like but we I get, talked about well, Nashville sure. kind of charging. And if the Flyers do the opposite, if you lose five of six, you're still in trouble. Like you're you're not comfortable enough to the point where you can do that, but well, and I think the point also is is that as we start to go through these games that happened over the course of the week, yeah. they yeah they got either got points or they want you know they won a couple they got points. You can look back at every single one of them and go, "There's a way they lose all three games." Oh, wow. you know, and I'm like like, and I'm not trying to bring the vibe down from that. I'm what I'm trying no. to be. I'm being realistic in the sense that it's not like they dominated. And and it was comfortable, you know, there's there's moments where you're sweating it out and it's like. So it's so so I think what like the point of that is, it's just that it it still is on it should should still be on your mind as you go into future games like it's not impossible for this to be, you know, for this one ba- like one bad week. That's yeah, all this... it's going to take right now to change the whole course of this. So that's again, maybe maybe it's just not pumping the brakes on expectations or anything like that or, or what 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 could be because you're seeing what's unfold because like yeah. that, like i i hate the way that i just worded that because like pump the brakes on expectations no i like, i know what like, you're like, saying well like, i know is... i know you do like what i'm saying is that they've already exceeded expectations absolutely by a mile. they have far exceeded expectations but this is not a team like 
the Boston Bruins, mostly of previous years. This isn't a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs. This isn't a team like the Vancouver Canucks where, or the Edmonton Oilers, where you can kind of rely on your star power to dig you out of a hole. Sure, this, they don't have this that team, guy. Right. This team is scratching and fighting and clawing for every single point that they get. But, and, but yet the thing is, is, and this is maybe taking more from the Detroit game than it is any of the others, I, I guess, because... You know, we're again. We're gonna get into the goalie in a minute because yes. because that he's the big story. Well, he's a big story, but like, sure, Carter Hart was sick this week again. We actually talked to him on Saturday after morning skate, so he was because he was able yeah. to back up and he seems hopeful that they've gotten that. Well, figured out. something had to be figured out. He didn't want to go into detail, which is understandable. So I'm absolutely, not, like, and with and with medical stuff, we absolutely respect privacy and sure. And he, you know, so, but bottom line was, is that whatever it was, cause he even said he got sick three times in a month, basically. And it's right. like, and, and, and Something, something's going on. Right. So they were able to try to get, to, you know, hopefully they got to the bottom of it and he'll be back relatively soon. Yeah. Um, definitely, was... you know, and he, and he admitted this part. So I'm not sharing anything that he didn't share with everybody else. Definitely lost some weight. Yep. You could um, see it. Y- you could see it, but also like. Yeah, because I'm like they uh, confirmed it. Right. Well, he confirmed, but they also put, I'm sure they pot like it in general because there was no video in the room when we interviewed him. But um, I'm sure they popped him up on the broadcast during Saturday's game because he was there yeah. and he was yeah. back. And, you know, like you you could kind of see it pretty much right away. Just looking at him, even like he, he thinned out a little bit in the face and things like that. Like he's he definitely lost some weight. So uh, he'll eat some ham over Christmas. He'll well, he, he he said he's you know, he's going to try to get it to gain it back. He want he prefers to. <laughs> Good family, um, good family meal. He'll be all right. Well, the, he did. He did bring that part up too. By the way, that the fact that the dad's trip was this week and they stayed around for Thursday as well in Philly. Yeah, that having his dad in town was a comfort going through the process. Like, of course, you know Absolutely. that if you're going, you know, to have to go through something and get some, you know, and the results are involved, and you're trying to properly diagnose something to figure out why this is happening. It's good to have family around, so definitely. Um, there's, there's, an, by the way, there's another family anecdote on a much more like on a like not going through a medical side. Okay, okay. On a much more positive note that I'll bring up when we get to the other goalie, by the way, because he okay. said something after the game about it. Um, but so here's something I wanted to bring up when we go through this, because you're right, like you're talking about like in terms of putting them in the stratosphere of like the Vegas Ranger Bruin, you know, right. that kind of team type of thing and things like that, right? Teams that can coast on talent. They are not that team. Sure, they're not. They have to work hard every game. But I do want to bring this up because this I, I, I started thinking about this and I went through and I'm like, let me just as I'm browsing this list of teams, because there's a handful of teams that are in the top ten, just in the top ten alone. Let's just start there. That they haven't played yet this year. To be able to put them next to that team and say, Can they compete with them? Can they do the same thing they've done against some of these other teams? Right. Because every time we come like we've come through the schedule, we've gone through this. Right. Every time we go through another week, we sit there and we look and we go, oh, they're playing blank this week. That'll be a test where they will see what the kind of what they're made of from that. Right. You know, and every week they've answered the call so far yep. to the point to the point where at this point we have to start reevaluating that because sure, most teams that they're looking to play. And now that we're almost halfway through the season, it's it's a pretty significant sample size. Most of the teams that they're playing are below them in the standings. Well, right. It just comes out. They're that looking way. down at them. Sure. It, it, even by the smallest of margins, but still. Right. You're right. They're right there with them. 
I'm just going to read off a couple of teams that are both ahead of them or whatever. I'm just going to read sure. off a bunch of teams and you'll be able to figure out what, what they have in common in a second. Okay. Okay. Vegas, Vancouver, LA, Dallas, Colorado, the Islanders, Nashville, Detroit, Carolina, New Jersey, Washington, Arizona. Okay. That grouping of teams. Okay. Ha- they, they have two things in common. One one from a league standpoint and one from a flyer standpoint. I'll give you the league standpoint to be easy with it. From okay. a league standpoint, every one of those teams is top 20. Okay. They are not one of these bottom tier, bottom third teams. Right. What is the flyer thread, though? What, are the, what is the flyer connection here? That uh, the flyers happened? beaten all those teams this year? Not beaten, but gotten a point against okay. every one of Fair them. Fair enough. Do you want to know out of the rest of the top 20, by the way? So here's the teams that I didn't mention out of the top 20. The Rangers, Boston, Toronto, Winnipeg, Florida, Tampa Bay, St. Louis. So they haven't played Florida, Winnipeg, or St. Louis yet, right? They haven't played St. Louis. They haven't played Tampa. They haven't played... Florida. They haven't played Winnipeg. They haven't played Toronto. They haven't played Boston. The oh, only team, okay. no, the, the only Rangers? team in the top twenty that they do not have a point against that they've played against is the Rangers. Wow. So after a certain point, if you've done that against every team in the top twenty, just down to getting a point, like, like, and you've like, only I mean, played the Rangers once, for the record. Like, well, right, and I get that, but what, like, what I'm, you get what I'm getting at, though. Where it's no, like, I know. Like Dallas is a really good team. You played them way back before all of this recent stretch, eight game point streak. I'll put that up on the screen too. At this point, eight game yeah, point yeah, streak. Yeah. Um, way before that ever came to be, right? Like they played Dallas. Let Let's not even just do the eight game point streak that they're currently on. They played Dallas before they had a five game winning streak earlier in the year. They did all of that, right? You still took them to overtime. You may not have won the game, but you took them to overtime. There's something to be said for that. And, you know, and and you know what? If you do just go back to, on the Rangers real quick, if you do end up staying around in the playoff race, mm-hmm. your Rangers games are super duper important, right? You mm-hmm. play them Feb, you play them February twenty fourth, right before the trade deadline. Then you play the March twenty sixth and April eleventh, right at the end of the regular season. Two games in about two weeks. So that's going to be fascinating, by the way, because if those are points that the Flyers are fighting for for playoff purposes, those are some fun hockey games. Sure, but that's but that's going to be an interesting conversation to have when, like, because you even brought it up, they play in February, right? Yeah, and that's still pre-deadline. So Where, where's the team at that point? Are they selling? Well, are they buying? It, are they standing pat? Well, I still don't see them buying. That's the point. Like I could see them making small value ads, like nothing crazy, but like a Matthew Joseph from Ottawa type of thing. Like guys who are saying like you're saying get a little term on, but you're saying like this for that, where they might get a little something more and take a player on top of it. Yes. That doesn't hurt you. Small hockey deals, or like I said, you grab a guy who's young that you might be able to hold on to that might have some value. You know, well, it, even if you do end up rebuilding, the problem with that is it depends on who you're willing to move in the first place. I think, like at this point, say, nobody, well, nobody bigs moving. I'll tell you that right now. I don't want to say the way it's going. Right, nobody no, big no, no, is no. moving. Like, yeah, like but you're not I, dang. I'm like, I'm sorry. Guess what? You're not dangling. Probably not dangling Scott Lawton at this point. Even though no, I mean, no, 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 I mean, no. he's not even the best player, but like 
if you're not even going I'm, that far, you're not dangling Travis Konechny. I'm not even really looking terribly at the roster. Maybe a roster player goes like just slot for slot, but I'm like like a Nick Sealer, for example. Right, but I'm looking at it more as you're spending a little bit, not a ton, not Oliver uh, Bonk, not Denver Barkey, not Cutter Gauthier, but one of your kind of mid-level prospects just to make a little upgrade to, for example, a Nick Sealer. I could see something like that. I'm not maybe you know. and well and, and you know what? You've got so much time between now and then that I again right now their tune hasn't changed. They're still saying all of the same things they were, that they're not gonna deviate from the plan and all the sure. stuff like that. And I just that's it's not that I don't buy it. I see a lot of people out there net like nationally who are still who are like I don't know if you saw this. The athletic had something recently that had to do with um like, I guess it was among their writers, a voting system that was like, who's the surprise team? Who's going to win the, like for, they did it for award races. Right. And they literally showed it month to month. Like in October, it was this, then November, it was this, then December, it's this. And, you know, like from, like for surprise playoff team, the Flyers did modestly well, but there was a lot of people that in that whole thing that were saying, yeah, but, and the, but was. If they don't change the plan, like a, eventually they're they're it's going to come crashing down to earth, and b, it's because they're not trying to upgrade, then it's almost possible that they sell at the deadline regardless, right? Stick with the plan and then almost almost essentially self sabotage the run. Just kind of right free because roll because they if- know long term it's better to do this and. I in maybe look maybe in December that's still a possibility. I think if you're in February and they're still doing this, I you think that, well, I think that they don't add and they don't buy, but right. they do owe it to the guys who are there to that's, say go for it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like I, I don't need you to go out and spend first round picks and top tier prospects. Right. I don't. And they that's won't. what the rebuild is about. Right. And good. And I and I trust Danny Briere and I trust this management group. I trust Keith Jones, everybody in that front office. I'm I'm pretty trustworthy of the group right now. Sure. But if you sell your Nick Sealers, if you sell your if you trade you cut off all the, the the fat around your roster and trade as much as you possibly can at the deadline, you send a message to that room and the guys who are gonna be there through the rebuild, right? Like your Bobby Brinks, your Joel Farabies, your Cam Yorks, your Carter Hart's those guys think you don't believe in them. And sometimes you can lose players by doing that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's possible. Especially if you're sitting in a playoff spot. If they've got you sitting in a playoff spot after 50 games, even if it's a wild card, even if you're just holding on. If you're sitting in a wild card after 55 games, you owe it to those guys to give them a shot. Sure. And, And I think that there's an element where having two X players in those spots comes into play because they know how they feel. Absolutely. So like, I, that's why I sit there. I look, I'm like, you want me to believe. And and I, I, that's why I said, I believe, I believe that Danny Breer is not trying to buy at the deadline. If it comes to that, because I, I think that they know what needs to happen and they know that they need to slow play this and get, you know, if you can get a few extra picks and turn it into something like, like at the end of the day, 
we raved for years and years and years until until they finally won, and then they won back to back Stanley Cups, no less. But we raved about Tam- the Tampa Bay Lightning, and and I think I think there's a connection already here as it is because the general manager who built most of that team was in town on Saturday with Detroit now trying to you know Detroit trying to execute the Iser plan after Tampa Bay did successfully, um, very successfully, sure. But you don't do that. Like Tampa Bay didn't just do that because Steven Stamkos was a first overall pick and Victor Hedman was a second overall pick. Right. They did it because, you know, you find Braden Point in the third round or Nikita you go, Kucherov. You go, get, you go get Brandon Hagel from Chicago. You you make these. They made such incredible moves. Eiserman did such incredible. Right, stuff but it's beyond that. the. But it's even beyond the acquisitions. I'm saying You're you ended about drafting you, and developing. Well, because you ended up with star players, legitimate star players like Kucherov's a heart nominee. Oh yeah, can win a heart trophy. You know, like he's he's in that running, right? Like he's all and he t- and he's is. in the rocket conversation every year too. But he wasn't number. He wasn't first overall. No. So it's not like they had to lose badly to get that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, th- did they? You know, were they one of the worst teams in the league and ended up with Stamkos? Yes. Were they one of the worst teams in the league and ended up with Hedman? Yes. Wasn't you know, Braden Point a third round pick? Exactly. That's why. Yeah, I just like, I said, and Kucherov was a second goal scorer last year. Like, Kucherov was a second. They had uh, for years, you know, not not anymore, obviously, but for years they had Andre Pilat. Andre Pilat was a seventh. Yep. Like sometimes you gotta get, you know, hit hit in different spots and show that you're talented at drafting or developing or acquiring players because Absolutely. that's how you build the whole thing out. So. That's why I like that's why I don't think it matters. Like, sure, you want to stick to the plan and not buy so that you trade away things that you know help you keep this moving forward. Cause because regardless of whether they finish wherever, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs barely. And I'm not using this word like they're going to do this, but tank to a spot where because a long losing streak sinks you to 20th. Right. You know, what regardless of what it is. They have two first round picks and I next year. And I don't think like that's not going to change. You know, they don't seem like they're interested in doing anything and naturally so. They shouldn't be, right? Who's the others? It's Florida. Yes. Now Florida's right up there too. Now so you might be picking twice in like the 20s. Right. I was going to say if No, if but here's the right deal makes sense. I could see using that pick, but the team would have to be good. Like the team would have to be in a position to to, to do some stuff. And quite frankly, with the goaltending they've gotten, I could see this team convincing me to spend one of your two first round picks. Right. And I said, well, he, and here's the other part of it too. So this, and this gets really interesting because I just looked it up, by the way, they have two second round picks. Technically they Condition. got, well, yeah, the one of them has a condition. So they oh, trade, they got the compensatory pick for Jay well, O'Brien, they, well, right? They did. And that's the one that's going to hold no matter what right. they traded away their own second round pick. And they have Columbus's second round pick potentially because the okay. condition is after the first round of the draft is over, Columbus then decides whether they are sending this year's second or next year's second. That's I think so they're weird. sending next year's because at this rate, they're it's going to be, be 33. Right, It's going to be like 33 or 34. Right. Potentially. So, well, not, not well, no, not 33 because 33 would mean they pick first. So. Right. Let's be generous and say 35, 36. It's going to be in the 30s. You know what I mean? And and at that point in time, do you like, but what if they do decide it based on the draft class? Like it's right. like 
even if there's guys at the top of the draft that you can get excited about, it's not last year's draft class. Right. Well, and for what it's for what it's worth, Danny Briers had one draft, and so far his third round pick is looking pretty decent. Denver Barkey's tearing it up for the sure. London Knights. Now, will that translate to the NHL? Who knows? But so far, I mean, Denver Barkey, I have it pulled up here. Denver Barkey has 44 points in 29 games. Right. And and didn't make the World Junior roster. Right. Which, I, honestly, probably a good thing because he is going to be motivated. He gets extra time with his team and he's motivated. Well, he, I, know that, I know that he immediately went back from the World Junior camp after getting cut, not making the team, which... You know, I, I know that Canada's trying to lure an NHL level player. Zach Benson's the one that comes up the most, but they're trying right. like they're trying to lure one of those guys to be another forward on the roster. Um, because they they, they they selected twelve technically, so they have room for one more. Really, realistically speaking, it's, it's just kind of it's kind of a shame Chicago won't let Bedard go. You know why, though? I, I mean, know because he's not well because he's scoring at a thirty-five goal pace in the NHL. Well, but but that was the conversation with Fantilli. That's fair. Like that they that they could like could they let Fantilli go? They probably should. Honestly. They probably like, should. Probably, is right. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on I think it was last week's show, but he's probably winning you some games. Well, and... no, no. Now at this at this point, because that whole situation, not Fantilli specifically, but Columbus, Columbus. is a mess. No, no, no I um, know. But while but you were, I'm saying games, as, a, as like, I'm saying Saturday nights. Saturday nights games are going on, and C- Columbus was playing the Devils, and they were losing again. Um, yeah. and they lost six to three. At one point in time, I see it come across. Fantilli's been moved to the wing, and he's playing on the fourth line. Oy vey. And literally, you're seeing all these people, what are we doing here? You know? Right. Like, What's the point? Like, what are you trying to accomplish by, like, you know, doing this or whatever? This this season might cost you a Malkekaline in his job. It and might if, finally and, be time. And if it does, then Pascal Vincent might be oh, going to because if someone's going to come in and pick their own coach. Pascal Vincent um, wasn't he like Yarmo Kekalainen didn't even pick Pascal Vincent right now. The circumstances picked Pascal Vincent. Sure. Yarmo Kekalainen picked Mike Babcock for some reason in 2023. Well, that was what we were like. There was a discussion too because obviously that's another a big NHL wide story this week was Craig Bruby. Yes. yes. So former getting Flyers new, legend you know, getting fired by the St. Louis Blues. And it's not, you know, not that like this is typically that time we've seen it. This is typically that time of year. It's not a short, like, like, but it's, but it's not a short list at this point already, because if like, technically, if you want to count Babcock as one of the firings of the year, yeah, 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 absolutely. Then it's four already. I know. And there's, there's, well, and it's not like the talk of that is slowing down. Because there's a lot of talk about DJ Smith in Ottawa. There's a lot of talk about Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. Well, Sullivan, they keep telling you is safe though. Yeah, but they, yeah, they they do. Um, there. I I know when Jay Woodcroft hops on a jet to Pittsburgh. Let me know. I hear you. Um, because that's a hundred percent. That he is the perfect coach for that team where they're at right now. Um, you also have. I I know that there's some like. There's no not like rumblings that something's gonna happen, but there's definitely heat in Buffalo. Okay, you know the the stove has been turned up a little bit there too, in terms of how things are going there. Um, you know, so like the bottom line, the point I'm making is that might not be the last one you hear about. 
Oh no! You know. By the way, on a similar note, is John Tortorella the Jack Adams f- favorite? He's got to be in the conversation he at the has moment. To be in the conversation. He has to be. He has. To be. I'm going to tell you right now. I saw the other day that I think on FanDuel he's like fifth best odds. Did and you it's like, consider and it? No, well. I'm not as much of the betting type. Okay, but so it's like pretty you, low, like plus four or five hundred type. No, of it's like no, it's like a great. Honestly, it was a value I would like if I would like if, if I'm you were a betting man. Well, but but if I'm seeing, <laughs> yeah, but if I'm seeing what's going on and willing to take a chance on it being sustained, because because I think that's also part of the problem is like we know how that award is, right? It's yeah. so much like I know where you're going with it because yes, it's the it's the you weren't supposed to make it and you did award. Right. Can you but describe I, the Philadelphia Flyer season any better than that? But I think there's skeptics again to the when the deadline hits, do they just what do you they know, do? Again, like I said, do they almost self-sabotage the possibility of making the playoffs, which really probably would cement the idea that he's a candidate? Right. The That's odds fair. were the odds that I saw were plus twelve hundred. Oh. Oh, okay. I might I now might that have might have to... changed with another win. Yeah, not very much. I will. I will check I'm my current t- betting app let, choice. Well, yeah. Let's put it this way: He, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying about that. I'm going to tell you right off the bat: No matter what happens, he's going to have a tough time against Rick Tockett. Fair, because absolutely valid. That because... is definitely looking promising for Vancouver in terms of making the playoffs. Not they... just making the playoffs, but sh- shattering the expectation there. See, but they have. They have that Wait, superstar talent that the Flyers don't. Have. You're gonna go off the Flyers because, don't because have, they have Besser and they have uh, Quinn Patterson and Hughes and the Flyers don't have. Well, I started single, up front. That's why. Right, the Flyers don't have a single player as good as Elias Patterson, and I say that respectfully to Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, etc. Well, and they don't have a defenseman. They as don't good have as a defenseman Hughes. as good as Quinn Hughes. All due respect to Travis Sanheim, and the season he's been having makes me question that, but. I will stand firm that Quinn Hughes has been a little more consistent over the course of his career, but well, this is like a turnaround for Sanheim. That's why. Oh, absolutely. Like, Hughes has done things that make you think like when the points come, when everything really clicks, you know, like it's, it, it, it people are having, I'm sure people are having a hard time this season in particular, trying to figure out which brother's the better player. Also, big thumbs down boo to ESPN bet for not having Jack Adams trophy voting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I, I want to bring. I'm glad you brought up Travis Sanheim for a second yes. in that though, because that was what made the 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 Detroit game so impressive to me. Was everything's fine up until warmups when you realize he's not playing because he's sick now, and they tell you that, and it's like that's not the same. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to sit here and say that. Carter Hart being sick isn't like an it, more than just an inconvenience to like your team or whatever, right? But, but with the way Sam Merson's been playing, right? You, you've you sh- can like, tolerate it, that. Well, and you've and you've seen it happen before. So when it happens, it's like okay, Harrison's getting the start, and he just continues to do what he's doing. You take Sanheim off of the top pairing because he can't play, and it's like okay, somebody's got to get elevated. Cam York's going to play more minutes. You're going to have to lean on that group. You know the you know the Sealer Walker pairing. Mark Stahl's going to play with Igor Zamula. Zamula's True. been had some inconsistencies. Stahl is certainly slower and 
has right. his moments. Just the phrase Mark Stahl's gonna play just sends shivers. Well, shivers I was surprised that I was surprised that originally he wasn't gonna play against Detroit where he played for a while. So that's fair. I, I thought it, it I, was a it was a big reunion vibes game, by the way. Shane Gostaspear returns, Alex Lyon returns, like, then got, and then got hurt. But yeah, unfortunate to see. I hope he's okay. I mean, that, that was a, it was a good goaltending game all around. Honestly, oh, I mean, I mean any game that ends one nothing, you're probably sure, looking I, at some. Good yeah, I mean, well, I, I think what I'm trying to get at is is that I I hardly expected one nothing walking into the building that night. I, especially if you tell them that one of the goalies is going to get hurt. Sure, you're going to go to a cold backup. Like, yeah, it was a fantastic performance out of both goaltending, you know, but squads. It's, but it's amazing to me how, like, again, this was the thing. This was kind of the theme from the end of the game. It's a different it's a different way to win a game again. Like and they're finding ways. You well, know, I mean, you, you, you want the definition of finding a way. Just watch the last two minutes. Yep. I mean, like they, they're just hanging on. What at that a point sequence. And, sure. What a se- if you told me. If you just clip that last two minutes and show me that as an isolated clip, tell me those players aren't playing that like it's a playoff game. Just with the intensity and the desire and the do you, absolute passion. Do you remember Carter Hart's second start against Nashville Vaguely. in the rookie year? Where I remember were, his first start. Well, sure, but they were blocking <laughs> where they were blocking shots oh left God, and yes, right. The, the, the Renaissance painting. Yes. Three flyers laying down in front of an open net. Right. All, yep. Absolutely. That's what the end of the Detroit game felt like a it little absolutely bit. Absolutely did. Yep. And Bear in particular got really Two or three, three good. Well, looks. really three shot attempts. The first one he one actually he on. No, the first one he gets. Yeah. It oh, gets yeah. through. And that, that was he, a ghost. That was the ghost clap bomb. He right. had and that, the way that he stick straight to the, the way he's winding up. I'm th- I, I honestly, for a second, I thought, oh, boy, I thought it was going bar down. Yeah. I thought it was going bar down. Because I've seen Gostasbear has been hitting that shot in the Wells Fargo Center. For right. 10 we've years. seen it. Right. That's exactly going, the going back to Union in the Frozen Four. He's been hitting that shot for 10 years. And all sure. That. Sure. Absolutely. I, I have to say, you know, and we're going to, for real at this point, I'm moving to Sam Harrison in a second yeah, from this. Yeah. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about from that Detroit game in particular. York and Ristolainen were outstanding. Spectacular. I mean, that was yep. easily their best game. Like, not just the fact they were playing together, but like individually, I think it's the best game I've seen both of them play. Yep. And by the way, something I just want to mention here, the, the word has kind of come up a couple times here. I'm going to hit you with a little playoffs. Yeah. But do you want to play against Rasmus Ristolainen in the playoffs? Not if he's doing what he did against Detroit. Do you want to play against Garnet Hathaway in the playoffs? Um, do you want to play against Nick Delorier in the playoffs? And I know they won't I, play like much. A, Don't get right me wrong. from a physicality standpoint. I hear what you're saying. Um, you talk about clearing space. Tell me those guys can't clear some space. Well, sure. Those the, the funny part is, is like those two guys are probably the two that I look at among the forward group. Like, and, and uh, like uh, Delorier obviously has a no. The partial no move or the no move. Ooh, I yeah. know we don't need to revisit it again. Uh, I know. Um, Chuck. Tough and 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 Hathaway wasn't wasn't just a one year contract. He was a two year. Um, yeah. so it's a little bit different. Which I'm move. thrilled with. But it's a little different to move point. those guys. Like, even like again, all the guys that are one year deals or were trial runs. Like, do you think they're looking to actively trade Ryan Paling today? Absolutely not. not. Right? Probably not because they bumped him up for goodness sake. Like, I, I as soon as he is eligible in January, I would like to see him extended. 
I don't know if they're going to go that far because so, and, and there's and, no reason to no. Well, because here's the, well, here's the other thing. There's no reason to do anything right away. You have to factor in anybody who makes the team again, you know, in the future, you have to be prepared for that. Um, you know, it, I just don't know right now. Like if, as, as it is constructed, what do you change? They've been winning, you know, like, I, right. what do you change? If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like I, that's it. And that's just the way that it goes. Like you're sitting there watching them play these games, the way that they play, they, they, they continue to do the same things that keep them in games. And as, and as it keeps going, you like time is ticking away in that third period. And you're well, supposedly anyway, Lou Nolan had to tell you every minute, but it was ticking away because the, uh, you know, because the, they only spent however much money on a scoreboard that's bigger than most in the uh, NHL. And it doesn't work some nights. Yeah. Try, try both home games this week. Um, because well, well it worked d- throughout the Washington game it, until the shootout. When apparently all of a sudden lights go out. I'll, I bet they'll tell you that it's because the Wells Fargo center has been going under construction. The problem is it's like the 95 construction. It's been <laughs> happening for six years at this point you know at, at what point at what point is that just what you are <laughs> we talk about this flyers team <laughs> but either way like as time's ticking down in the third period of that game you're again you're realizing like i'm sure maybe up to, up until the flurry of chances that detroit had in the final two minutes you're going right they're not doing anything to prevent winning this game no they're gonna win Yep. You know, like that's the th- and that's the thing, right? Like, and I'm oh, by the way, at the same time that that's going on, go look at the rest of the scores from Saturday. And oh, there was you some know, wild hot. Well, games. It's, but but in terms of like for a little while, you were in the third period leading one nothing. The Rangers were losing one nothing to Boston. They came back and won the game two one in overtime, but yep. the Rangers were losing one nothing. The Islanders were losing to Montreal. The Penguins were losing to Toronto. The Capitals were losing to Nashville. And all yeah. of a sudden, you're looking around. You're going, "How many are other teams? Only, do, right? Are we how the many other team teams in the division, division are going to lose? Yep. Right. We're how the many only, other you're the only team in the division getting points tonight? Potentially. And I mean, the Islanders made it interesting. Sure. You know, and the Rangers won. And the Rangers won, and the Devils beat Columbus, which yeah. it doesn't sound like as they much should. of an accomplishment. Right. I mean, but but it's interesting, and that's what made you know again. Forget the game they play. You know, getting a point in Nashville is fine. The you know, winning the game against Detroit is fine. Like, there's nothing, you know, it's the divisional games that have the biggest implications when you want, you know, whatever with the, when it comes to playoffs, right? Right. So, you needed that game against Washington if you wanted to continue to keep that narrative going for sure. And you're lo- and, and, and you almost are in a position to lose the game on a fluke, <laughs> a total fluke. The guy breaks right. a stick and it goes right to Dylan Strom, open net score, right? Yep. Okay. You rally back for a second time. And then now I'm bringing Sam Harrison into this because I'm good. Absolutely. I'm just, well, because, because, well, because here's the thing. When did they get good at shootouts? When Sam Harrison hit the net. Apparently. 3-0 in shootouts. Listen, if they can't score, you can't lose. I'm, I'm also convinced based on some of the shootouts that they've, the three shootouts that they have, they've had, by the way, 
when Sean Couturier wasn't playing, did he just sit at home and think up ways that he could score in the shootout? Because he's been pretty money this year. Sean Couturier definitely played a lot of cello last year. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know about that, but, he's, uh, but he definitely was taking some ideas, at least, because he's been really good in the shootout. Um, Bobby Brink had a, you know, to wait out the move there. Nasty. By the way, that's Sam Harrison wants partial credit for that. Uh, he said after the game because apparently he's pulled that move that Charlie Lindgren tried. Okay. Um, Harrison's pulled that move in practice, so apparently there's a tell that a goalie's going to try that. A goalie's and, about to fly and, at you, and oh. and Brink picked up on it, made the move, and got and and then and then basically glided it to the net, Mike Richards style. Yep. Um, you know, oh, to just man. make it easy. Oh, what a reference! Oh. Oh, I just got hit with the best little fuzzy burst in nostalgia. <laughs> oh, that was great. Sorry, um, I was I was at that game and it was amazing. But um, but that's but but uh, like and then you know, and Harrison to this point in the shootout. By the way, Harrison hasn't been scored on except for by one person. And oh, by the way, it's possibly the greatest shootout performer ever. Crazy. You know, TJ Oshie. You know, okay, fine. You get scored on by TJ Oshie. I don't think. That, oh you know, no, you're not alone. That's almost a badge of honor, like you right. Like you're not alone. To the side and let him put it in. <laughs> American hero TJ Oshi. But it's incredible. So, so he has that game, wins another shootout. By the by the way, also in a completely unexpected start. Oh yeah, like or non-planned anyway. Like it wasn't right. planned that he was going to start that game. And Nash- he's had to, he's had to do that several times. Right. This year. Like like here and here's what I mean by that. The start in Nashville was completely planned. He was going to start that game pretty much no matter what. He wasn't supposed to start against Washington or essentially Detroit, but the the Washington game, at least, it creeps up on you because it, that's when it's, oh, Carter's sick. He's not right. going to play. Because it was a continuation of Carter's sick, it's easier to go to Arison at that point and say, you're getting Saturday now because we already know this is a thing. Right. You wake up on Thursday morning, you don't know you're starting that game, and then all of a sudden it's, nope, he's sick, you're starting. You know, usually you can potentially tell the goalie the night before. Yeah, absolutely. Prep, it's let, your let, him do, let him do they, a game day. They knew, like, like they knew on Friday Arison was going Saturday against Detroit. Yeah, and that's good for him. They didn't, they didn't know on Wednesday. On Wednesday, everybody assumed it was Carter Hart getting a start against Washington. Right. It, was, no, it turned out to be Harrison. And then, by, so by the way, to follow up the three, you know, the third shootout win of the year, to follow up the third shootout win of the year with a 33 save shutout, which, oh, by the way, is his second this year. Yep. Second in his have, last five games. I have to go look, by the way, um, to see what his numbers looked like season-wise after the game was over. I know his goals against coming in was was solid. His save percentage was not because of those first couple of games. As it sits right now, he's got a two five seven goals against and an eight ninety seven save. So it did, so it nearly bumped him up from like I think he was at eight 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 five coming into the game. Yeah, so it, it nearly bumped, bumped him to nine hundred. Yeah, right. So he he went up dramatically because because like what I'm getting at is, is that and the Nashville game didn't help from a save percentage standpoint because he only saw twenty two shots in the game right. and gave up three goals. And certainly wanted the last one. He's also won seven of his last eight starts. If you take out the first three appearances he made, which also include, by the way, he came in for Hart when Hart got hurt against Buffalo. Yes. 
Yeah. And that game ultimately ended up, I, I guess, ended up tied somewhere in the in the picture. So he took the loss. So he yeah. took the loss and only faced nine shots and, and gave up two goals. Yeah, it's unfortunate for the save percentage. Well, in in general, because by that point he'd had you know five gave up five on twenty five against Dallas in the over in that overtime game. Yeah. Again, I still stand by the fact that when that Anaheim game that he got to start again, it was the first one because he started both. The first one right. where he's in goal for all seven goals that they scored, <sighs> and it was out of hand at four nothing. He should have been out of the game at four nothing. I agree, but uh, and they they let it ride in his save percentage because for a little while his save percentage was seven fifty. I know, and the the good news is is that it was really honestly his only terrible performance of the season so far, right? And- if you only have one, it'll come out in the wash over but since, a long season. But, but, since, but since that game, to your point, like, yes, he's won seven of his – right or six of his last seven starts. He's, he's won, won seven, seven of his last nine. Do you know – since since the, the relief loss against Buffalo, do you know who the only team he's lost to in regulation is at this point? San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks, who have, by the way, have surfaced as an actual legitimate hockey team. They're not good. Don't get me wrong, but they are no but longer. They're not a minor league team anymore. Holy smokes. They're still 918 and three, but they've climbed up to 30th in the league. I was going to say, they're and not the worst team in the league anymore. So that no, matters. No, the team with the best odds for Macklin Celebrini is currently the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course it is. They're really trying to do that uh, Oilers 2008-2014 thing where they just get all the first overall picks. Where you follow up. like, And then you miss the playoffs for four more years. So so instead of, you know, after getting the kid named Connor, you're trying to get his, uh, you know, his accomplice, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anyway, beyond. beyond Honestly, honestly, I expected to be talking about Macklin Celebrini from a Flyers perspective because, you know, oh, we got the fifth best odds again. Right. and then here we are, just like Macklin, who? But well, and here's the thing, and I because I, I I've seen some people who are going every, who who all these people who said they were going to be bottom five because I said that too, right? I said sure, we all did the beginning of the year. People can be wrong about things, like seriously. Right. It, it, I I want to know who expected seriously, like zero like, people, like, right? Who expected that you were getting what you're getting out of certain guys that give you the chance to win on certain nights. Nobody do, wants you, to no, do you know the only thing that I'm not surprised about? Genuinely speaking, that their right. goaltending has been decent. Absolutely. It's about it. Honestly, like the defensive play around it, I thought was going to make the goaltending worse. I thought it was going to be atrocious. And I have, and then their forward play, they're, like, they're not scoring a ton. Like, like, don't get me wrong. They're not scoring a ton. In fact, in fact, but they've kind of back, back. But they're back checking and playing well defensively, which is of fun. course they are. I mean, like, and that's the name of the game when you're coached by John Tortorella. I was going to say John Tortorella. We talked about Rick Tockett being the lead for the Jack Adams, and I know we're kind of circling back around on this, but how do you not look at John Tortorella and say, okay, he's getting very similar results with just less talent? Like, sure, just, I mean. Just, and I'm not I'm not belittling the guys on the roster. Obviously, the Flyers have some talent. There's a lot of talented players. The kids are playing well. But you don't have the talent that the Vancouver Canucks have. Right. You just don't. Right. So how do you look at the job that John, uh, Rick Tockett's doing, which has been fantastic, don't get me wrong, and the look and the work that John Tortorella has been doing, which is also fantastic, and just not look at John Tortorella a little bit more favorably here. Like we're getting blood from an absolute start. Right. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to look at the teams. Like obviously, you're trying to look at the teams that may qualify for this. You know, like who's 
like we always say, it's it's the team that you didn't expect to be as good as they are. You were supposed to suck. Yeah. I don't know if Vancouver was supposed to suck. I, they, they did were. last year. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> see, and that's see, that's, but I know. But the, but there were people who thought they could, you know, because again, you had Pedersen, Besser, Hughes. You had players. Right. I just, you know, nobody had them top five though. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the, di- that's the difference. They're top five. As much as there's things that aren't sustainable about what they're doing, they're right. making it. So like, like I can say the same thing about the flyers. Oh, absolutely. It's not sustainable. It doesn't feel no. sustainable. And yet they're sustaining it. Right. So at some point in time, you stop worrying, you stop talking like that because it just becomes what it is. Right. It's, it's just um, who you are. I, I think that if you're going to go into a Jack Adams conversation, like Tockett's definitely probably the front runner of that. I agree. I think Jim Montgomery deserves some consideration again, because again, you take away Bergeron and Krejci and everybody Absolutely. thought they were going to fall off the cliff. They're third in the league. Crazy. So Still I don't know insane. about that. Um, I wonder if there's conversation for somebody like Andrew Brunette in Nashville. Okay. Because again, they're thirteenth in the league. They were they started yeah. off poorly, but I wonder if there's conversation for that. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else who you could consider. I mean, for the, depending on what happens with Washington too, I think you could go that direction as well. Spencer Carberry is doing a job with that team as well. And um, the President's Trophy team, you know, their coach always ends up kind of in the conversation. So at this point, that would be Vegas, but yeah. I, who knows? It could how, also how, end up being the Rangers. Do, yeah, but how do you sit there and say that the defending Stanley Cup champion shouldn't be up? You know what I mean? Like, I get right. it. Right. Like, I mean, at, th- at this point, is Laviolette going to get some consideration with the Rangers Absolutely. again because of the first year effect? Like, oh, everyone, everyone in the top three, your coach is automatically at least in the conversation. I know, but I th- I feel like it's a unique situation because like the top three right now is Rangers first year head coach, you know, f- with with them anyway, and Boston. You you took away you literally took away a first ballot Hall of Famer, and made it seem like oh the down the middle they're going to be thinner. It's like it's going to be totally different because Bergeron's not there, and haven't missed a beat. No, they pulled Pavel Zaka out of absolutely nowhere. Charlie Coyle, like right, looking like you know he belongs in the top six. Like he, a guy who played third line forever, his entire career. He right, was looking, looking role. like he belongs. You know, yep. and, and and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm shocked by it. It's just you know what I mean. It's like they don't miss a beat. Yep, it they didn't miss a beat about it. And but you've got this whole, you know, again, I understand where you're coming from because yes, from like, and it even goes to the conversation we had last week with the Flyers where it was like. You added two more wins to the total. We were having that conversation. We said they got the 15 wins. They're halfway. To, now they're more than that. They're yeah. half. They're past halfway to their win total from a year ago, and it's been 30 games. And it's still pre-Christmas. Remember what I told you a couple weeks ago? I feel like I don't remember if I told you this after during the five-game winning streak or somewhere in the last handful of weeks. But at one point in time, like we were discussing the idea, not necessarily of like, where the win total was going, that they were halfway there yet or whatever. But I remember saying something along the lines of the way that they have to play and the way they know they have to play. And the fact that nobody's giving it was probably after, you know what it was? It was probably after maybe it was last week then, because it was, I think it was after the Colorado game that Carter Hart said, nobody wants us to win. Yeah. And because of that, because players start to think nobody wants us to win, let's go win. Yep. 
they could I said something along the lines of they could screw around and win 35 games. Oh yeah. You know what it's going to start to turn into? 50? No, not a, it's not going to be based off a win total because the oh, idea because okay. the idea was they might win 35 games and it's not going to be the draft position that you want, but it doesn't mean that like you're going to look back and go they you know what I know what game it was now. Okay. Because it was after we established, based on a certain John Tortorella quote, that the team has an identity. Ah, team's got balls. So we established that the team has an identity. Yeah. And because they have an identity, that's already, like, truthfully, that's already it makes it a successful season. It already makes it successful because Correct. of the fact that you've established. all about figure out who you are. And right. Because like you've already have. established that identity and, and the culture feels like it's back. I, I brought up because. Because uh, obviously, uh, Snow the goalie broadcasts from the games. They're over near the sports book in the balcony level. Sure. And earlier this week, I think the Capitals game, they had from Crossing Broad because it's it's uh, obviously it's a Crossing Broad show. Right. They had Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad as their guest in pregame because Chris Terrian's not doing pregames on Snow the goalie because he's doing them on the Fanatic. Okay. And then then he goes over does intermissions in postgame with Snow the goalie. Right. Um, Kevin Kincaid t- posted on X or whatever yep. after the game was over that the line to go and shake hands with Keith Jones, you would have sworn he was the Pope because Keith Jones walks around and people are following along that and, it, and it's created such a vibe with the way the new era is being approached because of, of whatever. And I got to follow it up with. Because the pictures were all over social media after the game on Saturday. Danny Briere is down in the room. Walking around every player. Keith Jones is down in the room. Walking around every player. Dan Hilferty. I don't expect that to change. And Dan Hilferty is there again. And goes downstairs. And is shaking hands with everybody after a one nothing win. Points in eight straight. Does that sound familiar at all? I, it sounds like the vibes are high. Well, the vibes are high, but does that sound familiar at all? Does that not sound like Mr. Snyder's flyers? Yeah. You know, it does. hey, good job tonight. I'm going down to acknowledge every player in that room as as your ownership representation. And that that is one of the reasons that over the summer and even into last spring when he came in that I was so excited about Dan Helferty because his bio was basically lives in ocean city is a flyers fan. And that for me, that's enough because it's not, you can already tell when you're there because of how present he's been. Absolutely. That he gets it and you know, he gets it. And and when when I was speaking earlier in the show about trusting this management group, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about because I trust that they know what the fans want. They know how to deliver a good winning hockey product. Right. Eventually, of course, this season is a little bit of a, a blip in the radar. This season's go along for the ride. This is an anomaly. It's crazy. Right. Um, well, it, because it's starting to, I saw this comparison too. Uh, I'm trying to remember, might have been Charlie O'Connor who had something like this in there or whatever, but it's it, it starts to pass off, you know, it starts to pass off 2019-20 vibes a little bit. Right. And like, remember when we were doing the shows and every week we came on, we're like, this is crazy. Yeah. They're, they're the best. They're just right. They're just one of the best. 
the hottest team in the league heading into the COVID shutdown. And I know we've talked about that a lot in the three years since that. Um, but they were the best team in the league heading into the COVID shutout. But, shutout. but what else? Yeah. But what else has happened? If you, if you think about it, how much has changed? Like a lot of your roster, not all of it, but a lot of your roster is pretty similar. It, part of it. Yeah. A good, a good part of it. Sure. And you, you, you know what? Yeah. But you know, it's changed. Of it's course. Not, it's not the same head coach and it's not the nope. same management group. It's not the same head coach. It's not the same management. And I'll say it's different leadership in the locker room as well. I, well, yeah, because uh, sure, I, and I already know what you're pulling from that I'm, one. Sure, so, I'm I'm not here to belittle and demean Claude Giroux, but the team has moved on from him and has shifted into a younger, more of the Travis Konechny. I think it's a Travis Konechny run locker room, from my from my observations on it, and and that's not in a bad way, not in like a he you know rules with an iron fist. Like I just mean no, because you can tell that everyone gravitates. Well, because you can you can tell that there's more than just him because obviously Lawton's got the letter and that's the only yeah. you know, and Tortorella said something to this effect after the game on Saturday too, where it's like Sean Couturier is not the most vocal guy, but when he's talking on the bench, everybody's listening. I absolutely you know? believe that he you know, is your and, veteran presence. And that makes it that, that certainly makes a difference too. Um, God, I want him to get a letter back on his jersey so bad because it looks so weird to see. Do you know what's interesting though? Because everybody made a big deal out of not just no captain again, but the fact that he was going to stick with the only law and has a letter thing. Right. And is it not playing out where you see guys who you feel like you know can get? I don't you know, know like, where I'm, the letters are going. Like like Couturier was already like that. I get it because Couturier right. had one in the past, but. Aren't you seeing Konechny emerge as that guy? Aren't you seeing Farabee emerge as a guy who you start thinking about? Aren't you seeing looking, Travis Sanheim emerge as one of those guys? And even looking a little bit further down the line, obviously he's young and it's not happening anytime soon. I'll tell you right now, Bobby Brink will wear a letter in his NHL career. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I mean, you, the thing about the, the fact of the matter is, is that too, is that when you pick up guys who presumably are among the best on their teams, wherever you got them from, because right. you you can do this with you know Cam York was one of the best team plus best players on his mission. Every teams. every kid in the NHL was the best player on their team growing up. Yeah, but right. then you start to get these kind of super teams a little bit like, uh, like college wise okay. and and you know and, what I mean and ju- and junior wise. No, I I do know what you mean. I'm saying, but even then they I'm were all they the have best a, kids on their right, eleven year old team. I'm saying they haven't. They've kind of had a knack lately for when they pick guys like that. Like Konechny was a captain in juniors. Farabee was. Up among the leadership when he was playing for the national team, Nolan York. Patrick was. Oh wait, Cam, Never mind. Cam York. Cam York was the captain of a World Junior Championship yeah. team. You know, yeah. like there, there's an element where those guys you see from their history that they have leadership quality in them, leadership. That they can be that guy, and then what you're ultimately looking to see is how do they do it in an NHL locker room. You know, that's right. the other thing. I want to go back to your point though about the. Uh, you know, the way that we felt in 2019, 20 for a yeah. second, watching yeah. that and things like that. What else was going on with that, by the way? Because I think there's something else that's playing out a little bit. And, and, and again, I don't want to take away from the fact that there's skeptics from the fact that one bad week changes this whole thing. I get it. But what was happening as that year progressed? Citywide. Oh, man. Uh- what did well, happen that year? Well, when the sh- well when remember. the shutdown happened, they were already immer- like you were already caught in between a weird spot because it was going on March and 
baseball hadn't started, football was over, and it was hockey basically and basketball and it was basically hockey down. and basketball, right? But the Rudy Gobert touched a bunch of mics, yeah. But but the, <laughs> but but the basketball team became infuriating that year because they went into a bubble and lost every game they played, and it was over. Yeah. And the hockey team didn't, and there was still no football, and the baseball team wasn't good at the moment. Yep. So they were emerging as maybe you got to pay attention story. to well, but maybe you got to pay attention. Sure. And the last, the, in in this town, they were the only city, the only story in sports for about a month. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same in the same way, just right this minute. The baseball team is in the offseason, and oh, by the way, it's been kind of uneventful. Like, they haven't really made some splash right. that takes the attention. The football team, as good as they've been record-wise, has lost two games in a row badly. And have and a little a bit of a dip in the schedule coming, you know, well, heading which, into the no, playoffs. And I, and I get that. And I'm not trying to take away right. from it, but you get what, like, I'm not trying to say that football yeah. isn't still going to dominate the conversation. Right. It's just, for a second, though, like... When it's you, easy for people's eyes to slide out of focus on the Eagles right now. It's not even that's easy. At. It's not even that's easy for that. It's that that's become a source of frustration for a yeah. couple weeks. And but like, don't get me wrong, the basketball team is playing well, so I'm not taking. Yeah, that the, well. Sixers like, the Sixers are, Sixers are doing well. But but like, what I'm getting at with that is is that like the the Eagles lost on Sunday. Let's just say right, and then. I I don't remember if this was the week that the Flyers played on. Maybe it was the week the Flyers played on Monday. The Monday against Pittsburgh. And it was the Flyers restored the vibes for the week, you know, because the right. Eagles got crushed and against San Francisco on Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, and the Flyers came back on Monday night and won a game Beat in overtime the against the Penguins. And it's like, and, and swept a back to back and a home and home and all that stuff, right? And it was like, no, the Flyers will restore the vibes. And there's an a, yes, is there a little element of sarcasm in there? Of course, sure. there is, because it's a skepticism thing, and people still don't believe, right? But at what point does that shift when it continues? Like, right, like, 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 seriously, I remember, like, this is how I broke down even the first handful of games because at some point in time, like, remember the first 12 games last season, too, and they were winning a few games? I think they won seven out of the first 12, right? Something like that, yeah. And it's like, you know, once it really got into, like, once they were on their way to losing 10 in a row again, yeah, the, the first 12 games went from being, huh, to, well, that was cute, but here's reality for now, you. Now let's get in the draft. Right. Right. But, like, that's, that, and that's the point, right? At some point in time, we're now 30 games into the season. Right. At some point in time, like, like 12 games is barely over the 10-game segments we talk about. There's not, a, like, there's not a lot of time for you to go from, like, hey, 10-game segment, that was great. All right, now what? You know, reality hits. Right. 30 games is three of these 10-game segments. And they've won 17 games and they've gotten points in 20 of them. And by the way, you're seven, one and two in your last 10. I believe what's the record 12, three and two since the San Jose game, it, something like that. It but like my, but absolutely. my point, like, and my point in bringing that up, by the way, is the San Jose game was one of those games that, te- that te- people take and go, that you could lost- have been a tipping point, right? But well, not just a tipping point, but that's one of those games that a casual will look at and go, you lost to the worst team in the league that didn't have a win yet. They got beat 10 nothing two games in a row. Right. They got beat. Right. They, they gave up 10, 20 goals in two games, and you couldn't, you scored one goal on them. Right. I don't need to watch this. You are what exactly what I thought you were. And the old 12, three, well, no, 12, three, oh, yeah. and two since then beg to differ. Right. 
And it's one of those things. Uh, we talk sample sizes, right? Yeah. 10 games, probably not big enough. 20 games starting to nah, 30 games. Well, what? Ha- well, and by the way, so see, the 30 game round number is perfect for this, too, because what's the next 10? 40. You're halfway there. We're getting to halfway. You're 11 games yeah. from halfway. This is exactly what we talked about last week. Three more in the books, and you're down to 11 to go until you're halfway. You're practically 10 games away from being halfway. And now you're looking at a situation where, truthfully, and we can get to this looking ahead portion, yep. you're three games away from a break. Yeah, you're three games away from Christmas. And and I got- still believe that if you run, like, you're still on this gauntlet a little bit because New Jersey is where they are, a you know, team. like or they're good and they can be a good team. They're Nashville, probably better than where they currently are. Sure. But. And then Nashville has come on lately. And Detroit gave you a really hard fucking Detroit gave you a hard fucking think about this for a minute for from Detroit's perspective. Detroit gave you a hard fought game using both goalies, no Dylan Larkin, no David Perron. Right. Oh yeah, you're not you're not a great team. Um but you are finding ways to win hockey games. Well, no, it's not even that. I'm saying like well, and and like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Obviously... If Detroit was at full capacity, that would have been a much more difficult game. Sure. Right? If you have Dylan Larkin, if you have David Perron. As it sits, though, they didn't have them, and you struggled a little bit in terms of dominating them, like you might have wanted to. You, you still know. did keep for a good chunk of the game, anyway. You did keep. I mean, you definitely. First of all, I think you really kept Alex to bring it in check because I don't remember hearing his name much throughout the course no. of it. Patrick Kane, who got Patrick plenty. Kane. Is looking great. By you the got way. plenty of looks. I mean, they gave him a bunch of looks, and well, they have to. No Dylan Larkin, no David Perron. Sure, they, they I, that is filling the void. I get that. Yeah, but you know, he, somebody's got a score, right? But that was that but was yeah, impressive. He's starting. He's starting to look pretty good. I don't. Okay, King. Yeah, I, mean, I know. He, I know. People talk about this hip resurfacing surgery and how difficult it is to come back from it, and how old. Blah 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 blah. I'm not sure if a player this elite ever got it. And that's the thing is like at a certain level, Patrick Kane is back, man. And I know he's not the same. And I know, I know, I know temper expectations. He's 8,000 years old, but right now. So the thing with um, a lot of guys look coming back from this. So that, so that second kind of second Detroit game for the flyers, uh, this, this upcoming week, I mean, the second one they're going to play. Yeah. Could be very different. Piranha is supposed to be back. Okay. Because Perron's six-game suspension ends after the game on Wednesday against Winnipeg. Um, Larkin's been back skating a little bit, and it wasn't going to be ru- – like, he's eligible to come off of IR for Monday's game. They said that's probably not going to happen. But okay. it's not impossible that with another full week, he might play. Yeah. And, that's, and by the way, can you imagine if that's the game he comes back at because it's a home game? You know – just right. throwing it out there. That's going to be a chance. And, and the Flyers are coming on. That's the back end of a back-to-back for the Flyers, the front end of a back-to-back for Detroit. So Detroit's going to be fresher. It's going to be a much bigger challenge. Right. Um, and like you said, these are all teams that the Flyers have seen on this current point streak. So they've gotten points against all these teams. Now, I am rel- curious. Relatively like, recently. Sure. Now, I am curious about what a couple days will do. I mean, let's put it this way. To go back to the Sam Harrison thing, by the way, because while we were waiting for players to you know, after the game in the locker room, post game media and stuff like that. Uh, we're all huddled off the op to the opposite side of the room, waiting for one of the three players we talked to, which was the three that we've highlighted the most from this game it was York. It was Ristoline and it was Harrison. Harrison's on the opposite side because the new look locker room, by the way, the goalie stalls are on the, uh, 
opposite side of the room because they're they're actually bigger than the rest of the okay player ones. Um, and there's basically like on the far side of the room from the from the entryway is this giant video screen looking thing that they basically can throw a flyers logo up on and that's what looks like your backdrop while we talk to players for the most part i mean we've gone over to individual lockers a couple times when they try to get when they're trying to get a move on with it but typically they have you in the little mini press conference room no 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 no. i'm talking about no 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 no, i know i know yeah well it's it no it's 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 in the locker room it's right by like where the it's right by where the uh, like whiteboards would be and things like that so it's kind of like a smart board like almost like a smart whiteboard it could be but they throw a logo up on it so it looks much more professional looking yeah, yeah, yeah that's all it is um but the goalies are on the opposite side of the room and john tortorella comes in uh it, after the game and told told sam Harrison how awesome of a job he did basically i'll let you put the i'll let you put what word goes in front of awesome in front of it, right. to keep, it keep it radio friendly um but but flat out also said enjoy the day off tomorrow nice like have a great off day because like way to go you've earned it this week with three games five points out of six nearly one all three three good performances right and yeah. but the last two in particular obviously to win another shootout and then shut out right yeah like pretty good like like he like tortorella really likes Harrison. by the way i'm Absolutely. not saying he doesn't like hard either it's not like right. that at all but it's he really likes the fact like and and it, truth be told, you need two, don't you? You need two goalies. He's got well, two right now. And I was just going to say, even if Carter Hart is healthy and ready to resume being the starter, you got a back to back this week. You got a back to back next week. So Sam Erson's going to well, be getting nice time. And this is and an you got three, three, and both of them are three and fours as well. Right. Well, and this is the this is the interesting part, by the way, because I would have, if everything would have played out the way I thought it was going to before Hart was sick, you were looking at. Hart was probably getting, he was probably not getting the Nashville game, but he was probably going to get the last two. He was probably going to be the guy who started Washington and Detroit. And obviously he didn't. Right. Um. So I thought what, what it lined up was that when you looked at the flyer schedule for the upcoming week, that Hart was going to get New Jersey, Arison was going to get Nashville, and Hart was going to get Detroit. So it lined up with who phase two in and the I, previous week. Now it doesn't matter because Harrison got both. I think that might still be how it breaks down, though. Like, no, I see, now, no see, now I think Carter Hart gets the Nashville game to play at home. Oh, fair enough. Fair and enough. they give Harrison the road game. Okay. You think they give him both road games? You think they give him Jersey and Detroit? Or do you play Carter Hart Tuesday and Thursday in New Jersey? Nashville? I think you'd I think you'd rather have Carter Hart, but I and I think you wait for the off day slash, you know, Monday, right. see how he's feeling, and hopefully you can get him back into a game. But okay. I wouldn't be shocked. And and see again, same concept. If it's both, I think Garrison gets Jersey and Detroit. So it's it's just a matter of how Hart's feeling for the Tuesday game. Right. I think that your path of action now is Carter Hart gets Nashville, Arison gets Detroit. I think that's that makes just, a lot of sense. That's just my speculation, but yeah, and and we will see about that. And uh, that's I think that's a pretty good place to kind of wrap it up here. Yep. We got a good week of hockey ahead of us. Uh, our schedule is a little bit funky over the next couple of weeks because of the holiday. Uh, we won't be recording on Christmas Eve. Uh, we won't be recording on New Year's Eve. We're talking about doing a little something in there. We're not 100% sure. Our next regularly scheduled Sunday morning record, Sunday evening release show, it, roughly. Roughly. Is, Sunday show of some kind. Is scheduled for January 7th, 2024. So we will be back at that point. Uh, we'll probably be back with something at some point in between here. Right. We're looking um, at like in the couple of days that lead into the uh, 
the, they're back on the West Coast for the Disney on Ice trip, basically. Yeah. Um, so but, somewhere in the line of a cut, like during that weekday type period, like post holiday, but not absolutely. on top well, of New Year's. We'll get something in your subscription box. Check it out uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, you can find us on social media at YWT Podcast. Kevin is at Kevin underscore Derso. You can also find the podcast on sportstalkphilly.com. Make sure to check out everything going on over there. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy holidays if you don't. Uh, Kevin, Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Appreciate All right. Same to you. All right. And uh, we will see you at some point right around the new year. Uh, like I said, January 7th with a regularly scheduled show. So until then, happy holidays and we'll see you.